Hello and welcome to Charity Chats. I'm Samuel Davies and I'm here, as always, with my colleague, friend and fellow contributor, Vicky Bratherton, a.k.a. VB. Hello. We're going to be talking about beneficiaries and charity beneficiaries, um, how they have charities support people in the, in the communities and worldwide and how people give back to charities as well. Uh, I saw an interesting thing in the research for this VB. Uh, the Civil Society Almanac back in 2012 um, says that apparently UK registered charities support 124,900,000 beneficiaries worldwide. Wow. It's quite a big number. And I can, I'm assuming that that's only gone up. I couldn't find a most recent yeah. number. I should imagine it has, especially with all the, um, the unrest in... In the world that we, that we know of, you know, charities supporting people in Syria and um, displaced people. There's certainly, um, you know, there certainly seems to be more demand across the board for the work of charities and uh, the services that they provide. Um, so it would make sense that that number is only higher. But even if it wasn't, that's a considerable number of people that UK charities help around the world, including here in the UK. Another report that, that I was reading, um, it was commissioned by the Charities Aid Foundation and pulled together by the, um, the Institute for Public Policy Research. Uh, this is a little bit more up to date because it was in 2014. But they published a report um, about the value of charity to British households. And in this report, they polled around two, just over 2,000 um, adults and in more than nine of every 10 households, so 92% have used at least one charitable service at some time in the past we're nearly four-fifths having used a service in the last 12 months right. half in the last month um which just shows you the, the demand that there is for for charitable services mm. one interesting thing that it does go on to say is the most common ways in which respondents have engaged with charitable services are by making purchases from charity shops visiting charitably run institutions such as churches or community centres or attending events organised by charity. Now that's a, that's a, was a really interesting point because I often associate you know, people who benefit from charitable support being people, for example, who might call the Samaritans and need, you know, need emotional support. It might be someone who's on the verge of being made homeless that might seek support from a homeless charity, for example. Or it might be someone for, who has a disability and uses a disabled care home that's run by a charity. But I never considered charity shops as being a, a way, you know, that we are beneficiaries of charity shops. But I suppose it, it is in, a very, in, in, in some way or another because it's a service where you can take, you know, your unwanted goods you could donate them to a charity shop, you get them out of your house and it clears them out. That's a service to you. It's a service to the people who then buy those items at a very reduced rate, you know, very much on the cheap. So if you can't afford, for example, to go and buy brand new clothes or brand new furniture or anything, it provides a service to those who are in need in that way. Um, so it was a, it was an interesting an interesting take on it because I've never considered charity shops to be, a, you know, a, a service in that way. Um, but obviously, in this in this case, they they considered it to be. Well, I think that's absolutely right. I think you know, charity shops are, you know, I think certainly in the UK, they're they're not just places that you go and buy, um, you know, books and, uh, and secondhand clothes, but they're also in some some cases they act as a kind of a hub, and also kind of a, a support in their own right. You know, for people looking for you know to get back into work, they offer volunteering mm. opportunities to work in the shops. And uh, and then also, you know, even as we kind of found out in episode four, um, trading, some uh, charities are now using the uh, their shops 
as um, kind of incorporating advice and guidance and help um, and support mm. as part of that. So, yeah, good on those charity shops. They're right yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And in the same report, they did say that 29% of us volunteer at least once a month and 44% at least once a year. And I would imagine that, you know, sort of a, a fair number of those are people who do volunteer at charity shops. And like you say, those is a really beneficial service for people to, to get back into work and to get out there and to connect with their community. So we, we know that, you know, most of us, um, most of our households in the UK are benefiting from charities. And then we know that a lot of us are giving back to those charities. I think in that CAF report, it said something around half of us in the UK are giving to charity. So um, so it's a, it really is a kind of a, symbiotic relationship and i think that's that's fantastic and i suppose you know this episode is really um kind of understanding that connection that we have with charities and, and benefiting and giving back to them and um and celebrating it i mm. saw a um another survey there's so many surveys um out there but this one was quite interesting because it was a huffington post report um out on a survey um conducted by researchers Dunn, Aiken, Aknin, and Norton over in the States. And um, the summary of that study was those people that gave to charity, uh, gave financial gifts to charity, were in most cases happier than when they spent the same money on themselves. And uh, I think there's been quite a lot of uh, similar studies that have shown that you know people that are giving money to a good cause are feeling happier about it. And they go and spend it on a TV or something for themselves. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was quite, quite an interesting one. Yeah, also, interestingly, from that study, and I don't know how this will impact uh, you know, any, anyone listening, especially if you work for a charity, but it also said that happiness, that same happiness that was achieved by giving money to a good cause rather than buying something, um, it didn't make a difference how much they gave. Um, it was more about frequency. So if you gave, according to this study, if you gave five pounds four times a year you'd be just as happy as if you gave um, 15 pounds four times a year Mm -hmm. so um, you know that's not to say that you shouldn't give as much as you can to charities if you can afford to but uh, but yeah just maybe just give more regularly as well that's really interesting that the the amount doesn't doesn't impact on it because I guess people people give what they can um you know I don't think anyone would kind of give more over their means which obviously would make them unhappy but if you know that you're helping a charity even if it's just in a small way it can make you feel good about yourself and I think that's what we you know a, a phrase that we bandy about quite a lot in the charity sector but it in it may to some it may be a cliche but it is it is a valid feeling is that feel good factor of doing something for somebody else without getting any personal gain it does it does make you feel good and i think that's exactly why charities exist because people enjoy giving money or doing something proactive to help somebody else you don't have to look far to see that um taking place all around society you know especially if you're looking for example um, wealthy people and, and they're kind of the most charitably minded wealthy people out there some of whom are on a list that we've managed to compile from a couple of sources which you can all find on our website charitychat.org.uk J.K. Rowling author of um, Harry Potter 
don't know if you've read any of those books, Phoebe. I, I love Harry Potter books. J.K. Rowling is one of my favourite people, um, and she does. She is very generous in her charitable giving. She has her own foundation, um, and um, she's she's given millions of her you know, her vast fortune away, um, and she including uh, ten million to build a clinic at Edinburgh University, which leads research into multiple sclerosis um, because her mother died of MS aged just mm, 45. Blimey. So, and, you know, giving something, giving so much money to do something so proactive for a cause that's obviously extremely close to her heart must have given her the most enormous sense of, of well-being and knowing that she's, you know, she's using her, her fortune that she created through the Harry Potter books, putting it to good use. Um, mm. It's obviously very you know, really important to her. So um, what what other examples did you come up with? Um, well, I saw, I, I, you know, obviously the, uh, it won't necessarily be everyone's cup of tea uh, because of the team he plays for, but Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> um, Portuguese football player, superstar. Most people have heard of him. And uh, he's just been crowned the most charitable athlete in the world. Uh, there is a list for charitable athletes, which again is on our website. You can have a look at that. <laughs> And he's actually, he's given tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands um, to different causes. Um, and uh, some lovely stories actually in that article, which we'll post on the website from The Independent. But uh, one of those gifts that he made was £100,000 to fund a research centre at the hospital where his mother was treated for cancer. Mm-hmm. So again, similar to the J.K. Rowling example, I suppose, you know, the and as we know from kind of the major donor podcast, people tend to give to causes that really move them. And there's nothing more mm. moving than, I think, a cause that, you know, you've either you've benefited from yourself or a loved one has. And I think in both cases, um, you know, J.K. Rowling and Cristiano Ronaldo, they've both given large sums of money to, um, to causes that are really close to their heart. Arguably, we're all benefiting from the work of environmental charities and, uh, you know, the likes of Leonardo DiCaprio, he, he gives a lot of money. He's given uh, millions as well, I think, to uh, to environmental charities um, around the world because of his interest in, uh, in conservation. One of the things about giving to a charity, from my perspective, is, you know, when we talk about awareness raising for charities, um, there's no better awareness raising than fundraising because to get somebody to part with even a pound of their hard-earned cash you need to explain what it is the charity does and why that money will help and and charities that do that well then you know benefit from building a bond with somebody because they're giving they're investing some money at that moment they're investing in that uh, charity they're becoming part of it aren't they so absolutely and that's where beneficiaries can really as well as being being benefited by the work of the charity they can also benefit the charity and help to help support the charity by telling their story to the wider public and talking about why it's so important to fund ms research for example or whatever the charity may be having a beneficiary that can communicate the benefit that they've received from the charity is hugely influential and inspirational and it's going to help that charity to raise more money off, off the back of it um, and going back to what we we're saying about celebrities that support charities, you know, like like Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo and J.K. Rowling, you know, they were not only are they benefiting the people who use those services of the hospitals that they've supported, but also they are showing the world 
this is a cause that I strongly believe in. And they do, you know, celebrities like them, they do have influence and power over the people who are, are, are fans of theirs or, you know, that follow their, their life through the media. Um, and if they see them going to charity, that it, it kind of implants in their minds that, you know, this is a good thing to do um, and this is what you know what you should do and as we know people feel happy when they give to charity so it's all of a, a cyclical um, kind of thing so you know charity supports person person then tells talks about the fact that this charity has helped them which then encourages people to support the charity it's, it, you know it's all part of a really important um, cycle of fundraising and charitable work that, um, that we're part of. But I suppose we can all play a part in that, can't we, by endorsing charities. And maybe that's something that we should, as a society, be doing more of, being a bit more vocal about who we're um, supporting and why, and, and in doing that, helping the charity. I mean, that, you know, something that I've, I've learned, um, certainly doing the work that I do in, in Nature Donors fundraising at the moment, is that, you know, people, people give to people. It could be, you know, the most amazing charity in the world that does the most fantastic work and you know but and talking about it from you know the charity going out and talking about it whether it's on the tv or just you know going out to cold audiences and talking about it will have some impact but there's nothing more impactful than a, a human being talking face to face with another human being and saying this cause this charity is really important to me and i'll tell you why and you know by saying that i give to them or i volunteer for them is so much more inspirational than just a kind of faceless corporate charity which a lot of charities are now these days they're operating more like a business and that's not necessarily a bad thing but I think the perception of charities um which has possibly led I mean I'm you know this is just in my personal opinion Mm. possibly has led to the recent furore about you know charities bombarding people with with um you know fundraising asks and messages it's kind of taken the heart away from what those charities do and they all do extremely good work but that that message has been lost mm. because the charities are focusing so much on telling cold audiences that story when what really the best way to communicate what charity does is through the people that as we've talked about use those charities but also those people that they that actively volunteer and um, you know, engage with them and, and fundraise for them. We've talked a little bit about, you know, the kind of work of uh, charities and how beneficiaries then give back to those charities and how many of us are doing that and how many of us are benefiting from charities. If I were to ask you, though, VB, to give me some tips on things I could do to give back to a charity, what kind of things would you say? As a fundraiser, the obvious thing I'm going to say first is to donate to mm-hmm. a charity, no matter what charity it is or whatever um, cause is close to your heart. You know, just by giving a little, as we said earlier, even just giving a little bit um, can make you can make you happier. Giving to charity makes you happier. So that would be tip number one. The second is if you have the time and inclination is to volunteer for a charity. That's how you can really see the work firsthand of that charity coming to life and whether it's in a you know your local charity shop or whether it's you know a local care home or hospice you know charities are crying out for you know sort of skilled intelligent people to go along and to help them increase the benefit that they can provide to their service users and also talk about charities and talk about causes that are close to your heart don't be afraid to think i support this charity and um, this is this is why and to tell your personal story yeah just get out there and, and talk about it i think that's absolutely right and i think the raving and shouting about charities and maybe kind of you know throwing in 
I suppose, you know, so often when, when we see a message from a charity or somebody talking about a charity, it's asking us to sponsor them or asking for a donation. And as a fundraiser, obviously, you know, I'm kind of, I mean, my interest is there. I understand that, you know, money is completely necessary for charities. Maybe we need as, as charities and as individuals, you know, as supporters of charities, we need to, um, you know, splice in or throw in um, some other stories to people that don't necessarily ask them to make a donation, but just help to kind of, you know, even up the PR around the work of charities. You know, there's, as we said, there's a lot of negative stuff out there about how bad charities behave and uh, negative stuff about charities, which in many cases is also, you know, is to be held up. I mean, as we've said before, there are tens of thousands of charities and some are operating more efficiently than others. We all have an, an element of responsibility, I think, to um, to raise the profile in a positive way. And I think shouting about how charities have helped us, you know, is, is a good way of starting. I've been quite shameless on Facebook lately because I'm doing two cycling challenges um, for the Cystic Fibrosis Trust, the charity that I work for over the summer. And I've, you know, every time someone has donated or a few people have donated to my sponsorship page, I've, you know, posted up online thanking them in person, tagging them in there and saying thanks very much for your donation, you know, I'm this much close to my target. And I've been actually overwhelmed at not only, you know, people's generosity, you know, the, the usual people I would expect to give, like, you know, my mother-in-law, my mom and my brother and people like that. Um, but people that I, you know, I'm friends with on Facebook, but I don't really interact with on a regular basis. You know, one lady that was a colleague that I used to work for at a different charity, and I haven't seen her for probably about five years. And she sent me really generous donations. She sponsored me with quite, a, you know, a, a, what I considered to be quite a very generous amount. And um, it was really nice because, A, it gave me an opportunity to get in touch with her and say, thank you so much. And, you know, that, that's really generous. And how are you? And she told me that she, you know, she knew about CF and that, um, you know, she'd seen people with it through work that she'd done. And it was a really great cause. And it was just a really nice way of, you know, it, it took me by surprise. And I was really, I felt really um, touched that she'd, a thought to sponsor me, but also that she'd been in touch with CF, but I never realised that before. So, um, thank you all for listening to this month's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, we are uh, looking for people to get in touch with us. So, if you have any additional comments to any of our shows, any show ideas yourself, or if you'd be interested in hearing more about joining us as a contributor for Charity Chat, um, VB and I would love to hear from you. As I think everyone knows by now, we're non-funded, you can probably tell. Uh, we're uh, a group of uh, like-minded people who are trying to... Support people who are new to the charity industry or people who aren't new to the charity industry to, to, to collaborate and come together and think about how our, how our sector supports people in a wider in a wider context absolutely and hopefully i suppose get people g'd up about the work of charities and how to how to add to that work and help next month we're going to be looking at crowdfunding we'd like to thank our sponsors red dog music for sponsoring our podcast kit forest of fools for playing throughout the show and he'll be playing us out shortly and our, our yard photography for the lovely pro bono photography that decorates our lovely website, charitychat.org.uk. You can find all of our contact details on that website, so please do get in touch. BB, it's been a pleasure, as always. As always. <laughs> and uh, I'll speak to you next month. Bye.
Speak to you next month. Thanks a lot, Sam. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.